Disciple Podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of university life and unpack what it means to be a disciple on campus. Well, Father Nicholas, welcome back. Sister Mary Helen, it's so good to see you. You too. And we have a great guest with us today, you might recognize. It's the voice of the podcast. <laughs> we just have to let him speak. Yes, I think I need to add that to the CV, actually. <laughs> the voice of the podcast. That's going to be my claim to fame. Andrew Lamalu, welcome to the You Disciple podcast that you are the voice of. Um, <laughs> it's good to be here. It's yeah, week it's one, um, episode one. If you missed our pilot, maybe jump back and and have a listen, which I think... Sister Mary Helen and I, we, we caught up with Silvana um, from the discipleship team and we had a, a bit of a chat about what is discipleship and what's the purpose of this podcast really exactly. and now we're just going to jump straight in because it's the week one of class. It's all happening, it's week one of class and it's going to be week one of Lent. Oh, thanks. No worries. <laughs> I stop you. I, I, just, I just feel like we've just got through Christmas, sister. I know, but Lent is the best. Yeah. Okay. We we might have to we might have to um, have a bit of a chat about this one. Okay. Andrew, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, you're new to the discipleship team. Yes. Yeah. So after working in the Sydney Archdiocese for about five years, I have moved recently back moved back to Melbourne, and it's good to be back. So, yeah, from Melbourne originally, a family of ten, uh, us Lamalus. We live down in the southeast, where we have been since two thousand. And yeah, so it's good. It's good to be back to the roots and, and back in the southeast and really enjoying this 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 time in Melbourne. The uh, leafy green suburbs of the southeast. The southeast. I know. And so as a discipleship team or a discipleship on campus team, we've been spending most of summer sort of getting ready because we are really excited that after a couple of years of students being off campus, that by and large, hopefully you'll be back on campus and we're really looking forward to engaging with you all on campus. But apart from work over the summer, did anyone do anything exciting? I did. I <laughs> flew away. I got out of here and I flew over to America. Pretty awesome. Great. Yeah. Ba- back to Nashville. Back to Nashville, Tennessee. So, And yeah. one of the things I love about your community, sister, is that when the Dominican Sisters of St. Cecilia speak about going to Nashville, they speak about going home. Going home, mm. yeah. Um, and the mother house is, is home. So you went That's home it. for Christmas. We went home for Christmas. Was there Me snow? and my 300 and something closest friend sisters. Yeah, it was packed. There was snow not on Christmas. So Christmas was crazy. It was 25 Celsius Christmas. But the next week when I went on retreat, I got snowed in. Yeah, it was amazing. Really great. Beautiful. Andrew, what about you? How was your summer? Yes, it was very hot. So thankfully we were able to go to Canberra. Uh, so that was the first time being on a plane in about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it was great just to be there, uh, be away from the craziness of, of city life and just to have some time to recharge, sell family, sell friends. And yeah, came back to, to Melbourne and pretty ready for the for the rest of the year what are you looking forward to most about this year students honestly just being able to meet um meet new students and and get to know where where they are um yeah it's been pretty crazy Uh, being back in melbourne for such a long time for a year now and still haven't been able to go out and i I feel experienced all of melbourne so yeah just to be back with melbourne people 
listen to Melbourne music, um, which is something I really enjoy. And yeah, just get stuck into it. Sister Mary Helen, what are you looking forward to in the year ahead? Gosh, father, loaded question. I have no idea. I think <laughs> just waiting for God's will to unfold. You know, everything's always fun. That's a safe answer. It's just the way I live. I mean, what you know, you don't get disappointed if you don't know. <laughs> 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 wow, sister. Just kidding. I know wow. it's going to be good. Wow, friends. Welcome to episode one. <laughs> don't have expectations for the year. <laughs> they get crushed. No. <laughs> if I've learned anything from a pandemic. <laughs> oh, wow. There is no hope. <laughs> no. My hope is somewhere else. <laughs> you you disciple. The, <laughs> the podcast room. For people who hope differently. <laughs> Wow. Well, I, I'm actually a little bit more positive than you, sister. Oh, okay. No, you're a very positive, positive person. Yes. Just not today, obviously. <laughs> no, I'm just positive about different things. Um, I'm I'm really hopeful that um, it's going to be a good year for students, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, I really felt for students over the last two years who just haven't been able to experience the fullness of university life, um, life beyond lectures, like... University is so much more than just going to classes. Um, it's about building relationships and meeting new people and, and challenging yourself and um, stretching yourself and all of those things I think were really hard for people uh, to do from home. So I'm, I'm really hopeful um, that this year is, is going to be a year that's of great growth for, for students. Um, and of course, speaking of growth, it's, it, it is Lent. Mm-hmm. The, growing said, mm-hmm. the growing season. The growing sister. <laughs> the growing <laughs> season. The, the growing season. It should be the. Sh- I don't want to grow anymore. The shrinking. The shrinking sister. We all. We all shrink We're a little in Lent. Um, Lent for you, sister. It's obviously a season of growth. Um, if you if you had to sort of give us one one kernel about Lent, what would it be? Oh, I'm really bad with one things. <laughs> I just chose the one thing, Jesus, and everything else. It doesn't matter. Um, Lent is awesome because um, it's that time where we get to focus completely on on entering into his life, death, and resurrection. This is the You Disciple podcast. More information on what's happening on a campus near you, go to youdisciple.melbournecatholic.org.au. We hope to see you on campus. What a voice. What? <laughs> <laughs> that guy. Andrew, so I think the, the question um, that everybody has at the beginning of Lent, um, and it's, it's a deep theological question that has has had people debating for centuries is do you wash your ashes <laughs> off your forehead <laughs> after mass or do you wear them around campus for your peers yes mm-hmm. to see um never ever wash off never ever deliberately wash off the ashes afterwards it's inadvertent sort of um <laughs> yeah. oops brushing i brushed away, away. Yeah. yeah i i i mean most years i always forget that i have the ashes and by the time that i walk out because there's always holy water. Blessing yourself with holy water after mass, it just kind of washes away. <laughs> yeah. But yes, if you can avoid um, if you can avoid wiping off the ashes, I highly suggest to, to keep them on. Uh, I think for me it's it's a really big sense of um, just owning this season, owning that this is 
this is going to be a time that is different to the rest of the year. It's it's a very intentional time, buzzword, boom, <laughs> and that we get to really look at inside of ourselves, inside of our spiritual lives, um, yeah, and really nut out all the things that we, um, yeah, all the things that distract us from God and from our prayer lives, and yeah, and hopefully this is a time that where we can be a good witness as well to our faith. So, mm-hmm. Sister Mary Helen. Wipe, yeah. wipe to wipe or not wipe. <laughs> yeah, okay. True confessions of a sister. I always wiped them off at university. I don't do it anymore, but I definitely did wipe them off at university because, um, yeah, I really just didn't need that kind of uh, attention, and um, I'd rather hide in a in a corner. No, no, no. <laughs> I just no, no, no. No, I love my faith. I love living out my faith, but I really just that was just too much. Um, and it's just a funny kind of quirk of God's will that here I am back on campus in a full habit. So, yeah, yeah, there's, no, there's no, no wiping that off. There's no, no, there's no hiding I'm anymore. Yeah. Um, well, I'm a bit of a halfway sort of down the middle. So I'm like, okay, but find mass in the evening yeah. on yeah. your way home from campus. Yeah, so you wear them, but you don't have to wear them through campus. But yeah. Strategy is your... But I, I, like as much as it's a funny question, I think it does bring up that real challenge about um, what what role we play as disciples on campus as being public witnesses to our faith. Yeah. And that it's not always an easy thing to do. It's mm. not always a comfortable thing to do. Um, and, yeah, does Ash Wednesday provide an opportunity, one of those times where we can provide a little bit of a, a public witness? And, Andrew, that's obviously what, what you feel. Yeah, um, definitely. I think, yeah, with that, I, I, I definitely understand, especially young students who – you might see it as a bit intimidating to be able to be able to wear, you know, the a cross on their forehead. But I think that's the beauty of, of our role and our position as as young devout Catholics who who um you know, I've moved on to moved on with my life and, and now married and, and I'm proud to still be a Catholic and it I, like I don't find it a, a challenge. It is just something that is ingrained within me um through through my parents and through just living out my own faith. That hopefully, you know, if I'm somebody that that is proud of not only wearing, you know, the ashes on my head, but also living Lent well, mm. if I'm someone who is who can still live out my daily fasts or my daily prayer, hopefully that student who is struggling or that Catholic who sees me um, on the bus or on the train, hopefully they can not be inspired, but yeah, um, yeah, just be a bit more open to to looking into their own prayer lives or spiritual lives yeah it does give that witness that god is present you know god's doing something over here or i'm letting him do something in me i think your uh, point about the habit though sis is really interesting because if we walk through campus um there's lots of people of various religious backgrounds who daily um by their by their clothing by their outward appearance um witness to their faith and as catholics it's not something unless obviously you're a religious or a a priest priest, um for most university students, we don't, as Catholics, have an outward sign um, of of our Catholicity. So Ash Wednesday could be a bit of a challenge for someone to sort of go, okay, here's my opportunity to do it. But Lent is is 40 days long and it really is 40 days worth of challenges. Um, but it's really nice, I think, that it coincides with the beginning of the academic year because it provides us with an opportunity to sort of set ourselves up really well for the year by using using the gifts that the church gives us each Lent 
um, to do it. The first, of course, is is fasting, mm-hmm. um, and Ash Wednesday in itself is a day of um, day of fasting and abstinence. So even even more intense fasting. But our Lenten journey is um, one that is supposed to be penitential, right. and there is a self denial that goes into it. What do you like with fasting? I like when it's hard. <laughs> it's um, <laughs> what is yeah if i if i may ask this question what is the hardest fast that you two have done yeah uh, one that you found uh, most challenging i know for me a big one was uh when i had to give up music um mm. because music so naturally plays a big part in in my emotions if you know if i'm feeling happy i'll listen to music if i'm feeling a bit down i you can find uh, some lo-fi music, which I need to educate you guys on what lo-fi music is. <laughs> it's it's the the soundtrack of university students nowadays listening to lo-fi. But um, <laughs> wow, I am mystified. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I, I found myself stupefied. <laughs> um, <laughs> lo-fi, okay. Wi-Fi. Lo-fi. Yeah, yeah. I find myself. Um, yeah, if if I don't have music to to turn my mood around, or if I don't have music to to explain or or to Basically, I bring to light what I'm feeling at that moment. It's like, well, what do I have? It's it's really interesting. Sense where yeah, all all the noise that's in my life just subsides, and then all I have is just my thoughts and and you know, listening to the stirrings of my heart. And so, yeah, getting rid of that and listening just yeah, I kind of just made a thing to listen to no music, not even praise and worship or not even hill songs. So. I think there's a really interesting point there, though, because your giving up of something actually led to a deeper understanding of yourself. And mm. I think sometimes yeah. we can think of fasting or penance as just pure punishment. Mm. I'm just going to punish the body. I'm going to I'm going to be hard on myself for my sins. But it's really given to us by the church, and throughout history, it's been used to to purify ourselves and to open ourselves up, ready for the receiving of something else. Yes. Um, I was part of a group that did Exodus 90 a few years back and so gave up social media. Um, and I remember finding myself checking the weather app. Yeah, <laughs> wow. There's a habit. And it was like, wait a minute. And like, I was like, how have I got through life without checking the weather 20 times a day before now? <laughs> well, what is but that it you're really looking for yeah, when we're just clicking something? It's mm. just like I needed to do something. But then when I was like, okay, now I'm going to read scripture. Yes. Like if I open the Bible for 30 seconds – every time I'm tempted to check my Facebook or social media. Um, so how do we, by using prayer and fasting, strip things out of our lives so that we can then find time for God and and fill, um, fill that void with good things or in the void sort of discover something about ourselves? That's the real purpose of... Of the fasting. Of the fasting. Yeah, I think the, my favourite question that I was ever asked in the middle of Lent uh, was by my favourite sister, Sister Maria Angela, and she said to me one time, just casually, oh, uh, are you hungry? It's just mid-Lent. And I just looked at her, what are you talking about? She says, no, are you hungry? You're in Lent. You're, you're doing these practices. Are they making you actually hungry for God? Um, or are they just for yourself? You know? So this... It was a great question. Is what I'm doing, is am I making space, am I desiring God more because of this? Or am I just distracted with, can I do this, <laughs> right? Uh, it's a great little question. And I think having someone like um, a sister ask that question is a real important reminder as well that throughout the history of the church, 
um, penances have always been moderated by spiritual directors mm. or confessors or um, those who are accompanying us in our spiritual journey. Yes. Because we are often the worst judge of a penance for ourselves. Um, and quite regularly as a priest in the confessional, um, I'm, I'm counselling people to be easier on themselves rather than harder on themselves. Yes. Um, we, we need someone with a bit of wisdom, a bit of, a bit of um, external sort of sight on our life to, to moderate our penances sometimes. So just, yeah, if you are setting out on Lent, um, it's probably a really good idea to bounce it off someone who's a little bit older than you or a little bit more uh, wise in the spiritual life than yourself just so that your, your penance is um, just being moderated uh, to a certain degree because... Yeah, we're not the best judge no. of ourselves. And then we just need to check ourselves when we're actually doing it. Like what's our intention as we go to do it? Because we're doing these things that we don't normally do. So they're a little bit more consciously done. And that gives us a gap in our thinking to just say, okay, I'm giving this to you, Lord. Or you, know, you have the salt and pepper. Like to, to make it very positive, not mm. just a, a negative, you know, self I don't know what that word is, but yeah, like we're not trying to hurt ourselves. We're trying to to do something beautiful for mm. the Lord or give good things to the Lord. We don't give him horrible things. We give him beautiful things, yep. but to do it with that intention. And I think um, as a student, there's plenty of mortifications and penances you can pick up in your ordinary life. Yes. Um, sometimes will, will sometimes we have to think that they have to be these big sort of external gestures. Mm-hmm. But if, if your study desk becomes your altar yes. um, and your, your penance actually makes you a better student. Um, quite regularly, I'll speak to students who are sort of falling asleep during classes. Uh, and it's like, why, why, why? Oh, because it's Lent and I'm not eating, I'm not eating uh, red meat. Yeah, and it's like, okay, so do you think the Lord wants you to fall asleep in class on a Wednesday? Um, is this what the Lord is intending for you this Lent? It's like mm. being a good student, being at class on time, um, doing, doing all your assigned reading. Like there's lots of really basic ways where you can use Lent and say, okay, I'm going to turn... I'm going to turn the things that the Lord's already given me into into ways to grow in holiness um, without giving up meat on a Wednesday or things like that. Yeah, and hopefully these are all things that help cultivate your, your workplace or cultivate your life as a student. Um, yeah, I think that was a big thing that I struggled when I did Exodus was um, you know, a way that I would connect with, with, with other men would be in, in, our, yeah, in our group chat, would send memes to each other or... Um, you know, get sidetracked and, and, and yeah, like hit each other up on Discord. Um, but it really kind of forced us to to look outside of that. It's like, well, what, what are the other means uh, of connecting with each other that we can, um, yeah, that we can keep each other accountable to our fasts, that we can grow in brotherhood and holiness. And a big one was just getting together as a group um, or, yeah, praying the rosary together as a group and, um, yeah, going to, to other events that were happening around the diocese. So, um, yeah, hopefully this is a time where, where you don't feel alone. It's it's everyone else is you know the rest of the Catholic Church is is uh, practicing these this this season of fasting with you. Um, so yeah, if you if you're just feeling miserable and alone, like then that's not the purpose of Lent. <laughs> it's it's to really um, force you to to look outwards and also yeah look look to the look to God. Sister Mary Helen, um, I don't know whether you feel this sometimes, but I know I'm getting old when I realise that I've never in my entire life used the phrase, hit each other up on the <laughs> floor. 
Yes. Yeah. I think that would go down as um, yes. <laughs> sorry. I just I just listen to you speak sometimes, Andrew. And I think to myself I'm old. Yeah. We we just we're on the other what, end of that. What now. am I doing? Um but <laughs> but apart from that, I think you made I think you made a really good point because um and this is that second sort of tenant of of our Lenten sort of journey is arms giving. Um, and we often think about almsgiving as being about giving money. Um, if you went through Catholic primary school um, and secondary school, you'd probably just think Project Compassion, if you know what I mean, Caritas, that little box, put that's almsgiving. But almsgiving, again, is, is much broader than that. And especially for university students um, heading back to campus, how do you reach out to others? Like one of the biggest things that we can give a gift of is our time. And how do we find ways this Lent to reach out to other students and to build that sense of community back on campus? We know that people have been, have been really affected by, by studying from home, really lonely. Um, mental health is sort of um, a real struggle for people. So this Lent, how can, how can we use this focus on almsgiving to actually be builders of community? Yeah, I think... Thankfully, Melbourne um, Melbourne has a lot of opportunities for not only young people but anyone to give of their time to to serve the homeless. So, Vinny's van is out there most nights. Uh, one that I personally um, was really formed by was Rosie's. Uh, so the Oblates I here did in that Melbourne. Too. Yay! <laughs> yeah, <Hi. nice. laughs> yeah. So that was just such a, a special opportunity where we weren't serving them from a van, we weren't giving them food, but it was literally just we offered them coffees and teas and conversations is that we were out on the on the footpath with them we were face to face we were um you know engaging them in in conversations about their day um and i think yeah as a young person i i kind of get this idealistic it's like yeah, yeah I'm, I'm i'm doing good for the world because i'm helping this this person who you know is is homeless or or is in need but i think as i started to to mature and 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 uh, once I graduated, I started to realize that that the the brokenness or or what this person is struggling with, I think, is also evident in the students that I meet on campus, or my friends who who have fallen fallen away from the faith, or my friends who have just uh, who have stumbled upon hard times, um, and that sense of, of brokenness and 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 wanting community or wanting to feel cherished or loved or appreciated was then an it was then a focus that I had to bring upon all my relationships, not just whenever I Friday night rosies, but it was like, all right, well, what about when you could go back to class? What about when you see the people at your local sh- local parish community who, who are also struggling? So, yeah. That's great. I think that was one of my, uh, a very concrete Lenten resolution I can remember making was to give whoever's in front of me mm. 100% full attention. Um it was really challenging, but because I made it so concrete, it helped. And I still remember that that, that was good. That was a good uh, Lent. Yeah, one of the um, the greatest definitions of charity I've ever heard is um, letting your dad tell you um, a joke that he's already told you a hundred <laughs> times and listening like it's the first time yep. he's ever told you. Yeah. And it was just like, wow, like. Yeah, charity begins at home to start with, sure. but also it it's like my natural inclination would be, oh, come on, Dad, I've heard this a thousand times before. But it's like that little death to self. Yes. And that there's a thousand ways in a day where we can die to ourselves for the good of another. 
um, and it doesn't have to be this big sort of active service. And of course, there's lots of wonderful ways in which we can go out and serve. And in a couple of weeks' time, we're going to speak to Sister Delma, who's been doing some really great work with First Bite. And there's lots of great ways in which we can do that. But um, really, that charity and that alms giving this Lent can really begin in in small ways of of being kind and being loving and being charitable to those in our immediate sphere of influence being present yeah and obviously then the final um the final facet of our our lenten journey um is prayer and it it permeates all of these things um sister mary helen is there something in particular that you sort of do um to sort of bolster your prayer life during lent yeah i really i love lent specifically for prayer I just get very excited I'm so absolutely convinced that there's a grace for me of deeper intimacy with the Lord this year um, it's just it's guaranteed right so that's how the liturgical calendar works that the grace of Christ's life is present to you in that time so I get very excited about that so I spend a lot of time at the foot of the cross just there but also stations of the cross I love them and they've become uh, really probably the the place I I get to know and I know the Lord best is in each of those stations. I've, I meditate them on them each individually for an extended amount of time so that now it's just a conversation. Um, and sometimes I'll just pick one because they're too deep now for me. So I just pick one station So and that's the background of my day. And I think um, a little bit like the rosary, the stations at the cross are one of those devotions that – um, are really good as they are, as especially if it's just a case of, okay, I need to do something. But they do facilitate that depth of prayer. Yeah. And moving through the praying of the stations to actually saying, okay, I'm going to meditate on a station. Right. So today I'm not going to pray all of the stations. I'm going to sit and I'm going to sit with the Lord in, in the garden. Yeah. Or I'm going to... Going to fall with him and just sitting with one station yeah. in particular. Um, Andrew, what about you? Have you got a Have you got a goal for this Lent for your own prayer life? I think yeah, stations across um, is a big one for me, and I think because uh, the overarching thing that I cre- that I long for in uh, in the Lenten season is is intimacy, is divine intimacy, and I think yeah, so um, Saint. Alphonsus Liguri does a really beautiful reflection on, on the station of the cross and one that really hits me is is when he meets his mother. Mm. Um, so I think, yeah, just uh, Marian devotions are, are really what guide me to a deeper um, longing but also in, in that, in just Mary's role throughout the whole of, of, of the passion of Christ. Um, and I find myself trying, trying to put myself right next to her um, hopefully, as as one day as a saint, but also as as Saint John was there as well. Yeah, um, yeah she's yeah. really like I don't know. Sometimes I think of her walking alongside the Lord, and in the middle of all of His passion, the human compassion and everything. But in a way, she's she's the beacon of the hope of the resurrection, walking mm. by His side, yeah. right? Because her very life is has been touched by you know His His passion already mm. at a time. Mm. The thing for me about Lent is that it's much like a retreat. Yeah. Um, and it's it's our retreat each year. The church gives us a retreat um, for 40 days and 40 nights. Um, and one of the, the greatest elements of retreat is always silence. So this Lent I'm really going to try once again to incorporate a bit more silence. And so a little bit like you were saying earlier, Andrew, about music. Um, one of the ways I try to do it is when I get in the car. Yeah, don't touch like, the buttons. Yeah, don't <laughs> touch the buttons. Five minutes, just silence. And even if it's not prayer, 
but it's just, just silence yeah. and just sitting before I put the radio on. Amen. Um, the, the other thing I use is obviously the, the Hello app, which um, has some great sort of meditation and really helping helping you enter into silence. But um, I, I want to get a T-shirt made. Um, more prayer, less prayers. Yes. This Lent. Mm. Like just um, really trying to find some time of silence uh, with the Lord this Lent. You're listening to the You Disciple Podcast, where we put the you in disciple. Andrew, can you tell us where uh, you put, <laughs> where, where <laughs> do you put the you in disciple? <laughs> I was literally just thinking that I was going to ask you that. <laughs> no. Um, that's it for, an, uh, um, for another episode. So thanks for tuning in. Um, just have a great Lent. Yeah, have a great Lent. Have a great first week on campus. Um, just a couple of shout-outs. Obviously, 6.30 Holy Hours back on campus. Um, your clubs and societies are going to be doing great things during O Week. So have a look on our website, udisciple.melbournecatholic.org.au to find out what's happening on your campus and to reach out um, and get in touch with your chaplains or the discipleship officers on campus. Um, there's plenty of great stuff going on. But also just keep an ear out for um, this podcast. And in a, in a couple of weeks' time, we're going to, as part of our Lenten journey, be looking at Father Jacques Philippe's uh, book, A Time for God. Time for God. So if you've got a copy, um, grab a copy. Otherwise, connect with your chaplain or discipleship officer. Um, and are we giving them away? No, we're not, not giving them away. No. <laughs> Sister's in charge of the budget. <laughs> and she said, no. Um, share, share. We will give them. We'll, Though you'll get a copy, you have access. <laughs> but we, we are going to unpack, un, un, unpack, un, <laughs> unpack um, what it means to pray and really enter into mental prayer and and contemplative prayer this Lent. So plenty Great of stuff things. happening. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks, Sister Mary Helen. Thanks, Father Nicholas. Have a good week on campus. Whether you've been listening to us on the tram, in the library, or on your way to class, thanks for listening to this week's You Disciple podcast. Share, like, and subscribe, and we hope to see you on and around campus. The Disciple Podcast is a production of the Catholic Archdiocese of Melbourne.